Hello, Internet. This is the uh, audio podcast team. Um, I'm Scott Hewitt, as always. I'm Samuel Freeman, and Adam Yanchi is listening in because he's actually at work today, so he's, he's listening in but not contributing. That's fine. That's, that's all good. We've spoiled his uh, skiving work, though, there. That's very harsh of us, you know. This will, Sorry, it was, Adam. It was um, yeah, I, I don't often use Twitter these days, but I put a tweet out to say we were setting up Bliss, and he said, oh, no. I suggested he use the comment section on the new website to um, add stuff later, but he's here. He's here, and maybe he'll do that. Who knows? He's probably very cool. there smiling now. Anyway. Um, well, this so is show 59, which is, is our um, Apple WW, uh, WWDC uh, 2012 report. So we're just going to do a... It's going to be a reduced show, not quite of the normal format, but we're just... Well, actually quite a similar format, I guess. But we're just going to have a look at what Apple announced, what the implications are for musicians and for your technology people. Um, and hopefully get a bit of a feel for it. And then if you want to give us your comments back over the rest of the week, we'll remark back to any comments that people give us in next week's show, which would be kind of cool. So this is a show 59. Oh, and what's the date? It's Wednesday the 13th of June. There we go. That's cool. Sam, do you want to start us off? Okay, so... Pros uh, have retina displays. That's the main thing. So it's going to be a 15.4-inch display, and... Um, what else is new on them, Dave? But uh, I, um, sorry. So the 2.7 gigahertz i7 processor and up to 8 gigabytes of RAM SSD hard drives. They've also added in um, USB 3 support in there, um, as well, which is backward compatible to USB 2 as well. So if you get USB 3. Um, USB 3 in there, USB 2, and also Thunderbolts as well on the side of it. So No audio inputs on it. There's the headphone socket, but apparently that's not going to be... Is, well, there's no dedicated audio input. Is, will the headphone socket do the reverse trick like some of them do now, or is it going to be just headphones? You know, is it for well, it's... Yeah. It's just for the use of head, headphones in there. So what, what they've actually done is they've taken, they've got rid of the FireWire port on it, so we've got a second Thunderbolt port put in there instead. Um, but they've also actually got rid of the Ethernet connection as well. So there was a big thing in the announcement where they talked about removing legacy I.O. So as part of doing that, they've swapped out the gigabit, uh, the Ethernet connection for an, an additional kind of Thunderbolt connection, which I kind of understand why you would do do that, and it's definitely fair to say that Thunderbolt has a massive amount of capacity on it, but I do wonder how many times people are going to be somewhere where they handed an Ethernet cable and that's not of any use to them. So, um, you know, I mean, I, Apple have always been really good at doing at doing this kind of thing and driving kind of development forward. But I, I do wonder if this is a case where they've maybe gone a little bit too far, a little bit too quickly, because there's lots of reasons why you want a physical connection rather than a wireless connection to to a network and you know, two Thunderbolt ports feels like an awful lot right now, but if you're having to run an external video display, a sound card, some sort of video production, and then your Ethernet socket on it, you've got four things to go into two ports. And, um, you know, yes, you can chain things together, and you, you know, you can kind of get Thunderbolt hubs and the such, but traditionally, when you start hubbing devices, things get a little bit more problematic. So, you know, I, I wonder if they've gone a little bit too far, perhaps, with this with this in this kind of instance. Well, that's traditionally. I guess they're expecting that with the huge capacity of Thunderbolt that it won't be a problem with daisy chaining or hubbing. Mm. 
Maybe so. I guess the capacity issue is, while Thunderbolt has a huge amount of capacity, that's to say that you don't ever expect capacity to 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 ever be exceeded. And you know, every everything we know about kind of connection technologies is that they end up never being fast enough. That's why we ended up with gigabit Ethernet. That's why we've ended up with Thunderbolt. Is because we didn't have, you know, we needed more capacity and more connectivity to. To, to kind of make these things put together sort of stuff. I, the other thing is from an annoyance point of view, there's various situations where I've been places and there's been an option of using a gig, using an Ethernet cable to do something. And with that, you know, it being there and every laptop having it has always been an easy way to do, you know, there's lots of things you can do with an Ethernet cable. And now if you have to make sure you have your, your Thunderbolt Ethernet adapter with you, that's maybe going to take some kind of nice solutions and approaches out of out of things for the future, maybe. So, yeah, you know. I, I, I'm going to come in on the other side, though, because, you know, Ad, Adam in the chat room is accusing me of being cynical, and yes, well, I, I am, but at the same point, I think this is an incredible-looking machine. I, you know, I mean, I, um, I, as many people will know, I've been frustrated for a long time at the fact that we've stalled at 1080p as a kind of, as the high end of visual interfacing, and we've been there for years, and it's, you know, and t 1080p is a really dated technology. There's nothing particularly impressive about that screen resolution other than it was better than DVD, which was truly horrific. And, you know, getting into things like 4K, there's even 8K and 16K draft. There's an 8K standard and a 16K draft standard in existence, which are massive high pixel high counts and give you incredible screen real estate to work with. So, you know, I, I think the, the, you know, the high quality screen is really exciting. Um, from a non-Apple perspective, what's really I think this is going to cause everybody else to raise their game. So I, I guess by by Christmas this year, we will, you know, laptops with 1080p screens will be will be the norm, and a lot of laptops will have gone a lot further than that. So I think Apple are going to really force the entire industry to kind of bump up its screen resolution offerings and things like that, which is really cool. It is. Yeah. It is cool. It, it is cool, and I, I, I would suggest well priced. I was um, I, I watched uh, b before we started Monday's audio podcast. I was actually watching uh, the Twit coverage. They like to bootleg to bootleg coverage, which is cool. So watching the Twit coverage, and I was kind of in agreement with those guys when they were kind of thinking at the price being like three and a half, you know, in that sort of range. And then the price came in at a, a quite a surprising amount of money. If you consider that, you could have got a 17-inch MacBook Pro was only slightly cheaper on Monday you get an awful lot more for your money in exchange for that. You know, well, Apple, they don't just want to get people through the door, don't they? They don't want to, yeah, they're happy to sell it as cheap as they can because they've got, there's a lot more money to be made after you've got your, after you're in the iOS and the OS X world. Mm. Um, yeah, so, Hang on. Are we sp I suppose we should stick to the order of the notes. Well, we should do indeed. That's why they're there. That's why they're there. It's, yep. So the, the next item, this has been a, a long-time listeners of this show will, will remember that we raised this question months ago, whether the MacBook Pro is to die or not. And it's been, a, um, and it's been an ongoing argument, and... It has two, a two-stage answer, which we're covering two different parts of the show, I guess. But the first thing is that the MacBook Pro didn't... Uh, sorry, the Mac Pro, not the MacBook Pro. The Mac Pro didn't die and actually received an update. So it didn't die. 
Yay. I guess. Yay? Not not really. W what did they do? They basically they, they took a slightly better Xeon chip and a slightly better GPU and put it in the same chassis. I would actually... I would guess it's the same motherboard, which is the reason why they put the chips in that they put in it. So it's fair to say that these, these boxes are still more capable. You know, these boxes would be much, are much more, are more capable than the MacBook Pro, even the new MacBook Pro is, the, the Retina version is. But nonetheless, this isn't a massive upgrade. I'm saying the, um, I, I had a quick look up on the Intel site. And the X5645 Xeon CPU they put in it is a quarter one 2010 CPU. So that's a two-year-old processor that they put in that box. Now, I suspect the reason they put that in there is because that is the highest thing that the current version of motherboard and firmware combination they have will support, which is a good decision if you'd made that decision a year ago or a year and a half ago. But I think a lot of people were really disappointed by th this Mac Pro revision because it's not really a revision. It's just it's essentially a slightly higher set of upgrade, higher slightly higher set of options to put in it, and it's a lot of money to just get a slightly faster CPU than what you in initially had. I, I think what what supports that kind of treaties even more is the is the lack of um, updating to the connectivity on the box as well. So there's no USB three and there's no Thunderbolt. Now if you consider that Apple of Apple have Thunderbolt on everything other than the Mac Pro, and arguably the only people who could ever have a possible use for Thunderbolt are Mac Pro users. You know, they're the people shifting 4K, 3D files around the place. Those things are massive. It'd be awesome to be able to fire them down a Thunderbolt connection. They'd have a real use for that technology, but it's not available on the Mac Pro yet. It's it's not there. And Apple have done you know this minor revision, which they didn't even mention in the keynote. It wasn't in the keynote. It just appeared on the when the when the new site came live. It was there. What does it you know? You know what what does that say about it? And I I think we're you know what I mean well we we keep alluding to it. So I I just want to jump to it. Um, so on on the side of this kind of disappointment in the community that went around there, um, there was actually an email sent out from Apple to the Facebook group, which has been campaigning for clarity about the position on the Mac Pro. And they confirmed in that email that um, there will be new Mac Pros in 2013. So um, I think that's cool that there's going to be new Mac Pros around. And in the email, they point out themselves that they, they actually consider the MacBook Pro to, with the Retina Display MacBook Pro, to actually be a viable, relate, viable swap for everybody who is using a Mac Pro anyway, which kind of surprised me they didn't kill it. Because the minute they listed that Mac Pro, when, when they, the minute they went through the Mac My Mac, that's the Mac Pro dead. Why would you need? Why would you buy a Mac Pro when you've got a, a MacBook Pro Retina like this? Because the beauty of Thunderbolt is it's essentially a PCI Express extension on the side of your hardware. So you can buy enclosures with Thunderbolt connectivity on them and put into them, you know, PCI PCI Express cards if you want to, or storage arrays and things like that. So I'm I'm kind of surprised they have confirmed there being a new Mac a new Mac Pro coming next year. And to be honest, I kind of think I'll see it when I believe it. But I know that they're committed, and I know they've been the mainstay of the company for, it, for its darkest times. But, you know, it's a com Apple's a commercial entity. I don't know if they're really that interested in looking after those people for that much longer. What, what, what do you think, Sam? I think that, well, 
when you say about what they're interested in their commercial aspects, like some of the numbers I've seen thrown around are that there's 400 million accounts on the App Store. That's that's not even about selling computers. It's about selling stuff for your computer. And I think they, I, I think they should keep the Mac Pro going, and I think they probably will because, like you say, it's been. I don't know. I don't, I'm not qualified to answer these questions, Scott. I only know what I've read, and I don't read that much about this kind of stuff. I'm sorry, but <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Sam, that is classic sitting on the fence. It's uh, hey, at least I found a fence to sit on. I mean, <laughs> that's very true. Well, to be honest, I I think. I'm going to go out on a I'm going to go out on a little bit of a predictive whim, and even with this email in circulation, I'm still saying that the, the MacBook uh, I'm still saying that the the Mac Pro is 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 going. Um, I I don't see which sector it serves that's of big enough interest to justify it being being done. I'm saying, in my mind, the size of task that you're looking at is potentially one where Intel are going to build a motherboard for Apple. For the Mac Pro, and that's it. They, you know, I mean, I, there's not that many other people building high-performance workstations who are going to be interested in putting Thunderbolt on when they can just when USB 3 will be fine. And I, I think that could have real problems. And okay, they could maybe say, well, we'll do Thunderbolt on a, on, you know, on on an expansion card inside it. But then you kind of limit the connectivity on the, you know, the whole point of the Mac Pro is that you can put stuff in it. But if you start having to put the core functionality in on the expansions, then it becomes a little bit more problematic, perhaps, in terms of being able to get to it and such. So. Maybe I do have an opinion on this, Scott, because thinking about okay. where it's all going in the future, they, the OS X um, Mountain Lion, the new one that's coming next month, is more and more and more moving towards all of the features that iOS has and all the new things that iOS is getting are going to be in there too. And it's getting, and we've we've mentioned this as well that it's moving, it's getting closer and closer to that, which is a much more locked down, less um, I was going to say less create, like less creator oriented. Perhaps it's more. It's definitely becoming more and more of a consumption device. And so maybe they're going to just keep the Mac Pros going quietly in the background. And at some point, you won't be able to make anything on your MacBook. You won't be able to create programs because it'll be all like wonderful, powerful, but they'll have reduced the ability to be independent upon it without jumping through the loops they want so much that they'll have to have another platform for the people creating the programs that other people are buying. I don't know. That's a vague idea of how I feel about this kind of stuff. I don't really know. So, yeah. Uh, uh. Well, we'll have to we'll have to see and, and, and see what happens, you know? I, I, I don't like being you know kind of non-committal, so I, I like to I like to make a make a bold statement and see what happens. You know, it's more it's more exciting. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this has all come at the same time. Um, mentioning Adam Yanch on Twitter, he posted something I think earlier today about um, Max MSP license upgrade um, for Max Six and Gen being at some sort of reduced rate. And I'm still on Max Five. I haven't upgraded for a number of reasons. One of which being I don't stuff into the future. Um, 
I have to admit that Mountain Iron looks more impressive than mine did to me. Um, but even so, do I want to be locked into this forever? I don't know. Was there actually a logic through what I just said? Maybe. Maybe so. Well, we're, we're, we'll have to see. So I, I guess the, the, the takeaway as far as the Mac Pro goes is that there was a revision. If you needed to buy one, then the reasons you needed to buy one are the reasons you need to buy one, and hence buying one today gets you a better deal than buying one on Sunday. So that's kind of that's nice. Um, in terms of long-term commitment to that form, I think there's a lot of question marks still about what Apple are going to do with that. And I, I think the reason for that is because, in my mind, the solution is already in place. You, you know, as I said, you can buy a a, a chassis which will plug, which is Thunderbolt connected, which will literally present you a selection of PCI. PCI Express card slots or hard drive slots to put things in. Now, with that available, I think there's very few screen in place. So by the time you've added a screen onto it, and the only screen option you've really got is a cinema display if you want the high pixel situation, you're looking at spending twice as much money for you know a Mac Pro to get you to the same le same kind of level that the MacBook Pro will Retina will put you at immediately. And then you, you know, be adding extra bits in. So I, I think that shows you how niche a market it is, but also how much of a breakthrough the MacBook Pro Retina really is in terms of pricing and capability in a mobile platform, which is cool. Let's keep going. Let's move on. Okay. Um, over, I guess our well, our final kind of pro laptop, and then we'll go and have a look at the new MacBook Airs. But um, the other thing that obviously wasn't announced but did happen is the 17-inch MacBook Pro is gone. And no longer exists. Um, will we miss it? I won't. Um, I have some friend. I have. I have a friend who uses it. Um, who uses one, and he speaks very highly of its massive screen. Um, to me, it just seems very big and very bulky, and it's something I'd never want to carry around. Um, why is it gone? Why is it gone? I, I'd like to guess why it's gone, which is probably to do with the fact that they. The, uh, a 17-inch MacBook Pro with a Retina screen is probably very ex is, would be very expensive, and they didn't want to have to they didn't want to have that as the thing. I'm saying you know, and the 17-inch has traditionally been the highest performance model, so you know I, I suspect it's all kind of integrated in there that they you know when to get that. And um, I can't do I'm not going to do the sums in my head, but I suspect that I wonder if the 17-inch screen. A 17-inch screen would actually then be considered as a Retina display because it might actually be a little bit too big for the pixel count. But uh, I'm not going to do that in my head. But you know, those kind of things. But it's gone. The 17-inch is gone. Uh, so the cool feature is, if you did want a 17-inch one, then if you go have a look around the kind of third-party resellers, you'll probably find you can get a good deal on one because they'll be end of lifing them as fast as they possibly can. So um, you know, might be an opportunity to get get your final 17-inch one, nice and cheap. What's next? Um, well, the Thunderbolt adapters. I mean, um, that's is there is. So the link is to the Apple Store where you can buy an Ethernet adapter, as we've been talking about, and you can get a Thunderbolt to Thunderbolt cable. But that's it. There is no Thunderbolt to FireWire. Have we said this already? We talked about this before we went live. Yeah, yeah but we didn't say it after we went live. Okay. So, so all this promise of um, compatibility with FireWire is not yet been delivered on. Hmm. Hmm. There we go. So, um, uh, so Sam, you might need to hit refresh on your page because the um, 
a final item that hadn't made it that got mixed up in the categories as it went in was also the fact that there were new MacBook Airs rolled out as well. Um, ah, so um, they, they they've rolled out new new MacBook Airs. Uh, they've seen a, a boost in the kind of def in in the kind of setup on the RAM on there as well. Um, to my memory says me currently up to four gig now with eight gig as an option um, with USB three support on the box as well and Thunderbolt. So. Um, I, I will actually take make a, a very a very positive statement here. I, I think this is the best option in the mobile um, in the mobile music world by a real step now. Um, I kind of put in the bottom of the show notes why buy an ultrabook. I'm saying Intel have been pushing these PC ultrabooks, trying to get somewhere, trying to get somewhere. And I I, I was actually in a you know in in a in a kind of hardware store a couple of days ago, kind of just having a look at things and realized that there there was nothing there which was competitive with the MacBook anyway, and now they've done a price drop and, you know, m some more RAM in there and USB 3, it, it just annihilates all of them, saying there's, you know, I mean, if, you know, if, if there's a practical way of doing it, which I wonder, I, I question whether it is very easy to do or not, but, you know, to buy, you know, my, buy a MacBook Air and install Windows on it if you want a Windows piece laptop would feel like my kind of recommendation right now, because... There was nothing out there that I looked at laptop-wise that made me think I'd want to buy. I'd buy that in preference to a MacBook Air. So, so I think that I think they've really nailed that segment. I think that's you know that consumer consumption, you know, email, Facebook, laptop kind of thing with plenty of performance for music work. They've really nailed that in terms of price and spec. I think that's a great a great box and a really good opportunity for most people, which is cool. So, yeah, the. The assumption through all of these things is that you're using multiple Apple devices, that you've got your laptop, whether it's going to be a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro, and they're the only two options now, aren't they? They don't, cause they don't do the just MacBook. It's just that's, that's yeah. your choice. You either get the Air or the Pro. And, and then everything else is assuming that you're using iCloud with your iPhone and your iPad and your iPod and all these things. And there's lots of... There's lots of... Um, seems to be lots of talk about the integration between these things. Maybe the only thing going for PC laptops is people who are just philosophically object to the whole Apple thing. I think that in the past there was the there was a lot of building there was a lot of um playing from Apple on the distinction between Microsoft things and Windows and I think and yeah, like people that don't like Apple really, really don't like Apple. It used to be that when like that you'd come across people who who would either not care or really love Apple, but now it seems to be people either don't care or they really hate Apple. Mm. Do you know I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> so uh, let's um I, I think that's has covered the major the major bits. Um obviously iOS six was announced um which, you know, I, I, I didn't think there was anything particularly kind of interesting in terms of audio application sort of use there. I'm sure we'll see some exciting new apps coming out, which will take advantage of those features, and we'll see them as well. Um, 10.8 was confirmed as being out in July, so obviously when it rolls, we'll have a, we'll have a closer look at 10.8 as well and have some, have some opinion on that as well, no doubt, so that would be kind of cool. 
Um, see how long it takes for Avid to uh, support uh, 10.8. That'd be nice. I could do do another one of weekly countdown for that maybe. <laughs> Once again, that'd be kind of fun. Um, so shall we head into the plunder? Which um, which, which Sam, you you found us some uh, WWDC well, yeah, plunder. This is an incredible effort. This was this shows um, how this is this is why I was most interested in. I went looking for um, coverage. People have been talking about this. A lot of it was real time, so we got to pile through loads and loads of people filling in between facts. But there was one particular thread of um, live updates which I, I quite liked. It, um, it started out with um, keynote was about to start. Apple CEO Tim Cook is being carried on stage Cleopatra style by six shirtless muscle men. Provocative. Um, this is this is the Twitter coverage by um, Weird Al Yankovic. And he goes on to say that um, the new Facebook interactivity is there and that all new iOS devices will emit a sad slide whistle sound every time their stock dives. Um, <laughs> I, 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 love, I love the next one. The, um, Apple says there will be no iPhone 5 on the way. They're skipping all the way to iPhone 8. Game changer. Yep. <laughs> and instead of designing new hardware, they're going to spend all their R&D budget on finding out why nobody is using Ping. <laughs> Rumor has it that Ping is dead. Actually, Ping is going to go with the next um, iTunes update, which is basically no no news whatsoever because who uses Ping? Exactly. Um, and well, this, the, the, this last one is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and so having been carried in by Musclemen, he um, um, Tim Cook um, straps on a jetpack and flies out of a hole he's blasted in the ceiling. So that's that's how the um, event went, according to Weird Al. Fantastic stuff. Well, Weird Al uh, guessed it was all over as he flew out through the ceiling. Um, it's certainly true that it's all over here for the audio podcast for today. Um, th this was uh, show 59, which was our entirely uh, impromptu extra WWDC coverage. Um, you can get the show notes at uh, theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 59. Um, I've been Scott Hewitt. I'm Samuel Freeman. And goodbye, Internet. And goodbye from Adam Yanch in the silent chat room. Goodbye.